Hello and welcome back to episode three of <laughs> Fish Meets. I can't do it serious. You do it. Welcome back. Yeah, Fish Meets Land, episode three. Today's episode is brought to you by the letter A. And the nut member Sesame Street. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought you were going to say something. <laughs> no. Uh, it's, it's all about equipment. Yes. Okay. So, uh, talking about what kinds of equipment in the gym are useful. So, like a somerset then. What kind? What kind of uh, what kind of equipment in the gym is useful, and when you can eat a cheeseburger? Yes. Um, what kind of what kind of equipment in the gym is useful? What kind of equipment in the gym is a gimmick? And um, this time, Lorcan actually has questions prepared, yeah. and I don't. Yeah, I've uh, the roles have reversed. Yes. So I've prepared some pieces of equipment that I've seen in my time in the gym, very little. Uh, that I'm going to ask Ben about so I can improve my knowledge and thus improve your knowledge. And I'm going to do my best to answer and try to improve your knowledge. And respond with questions about swimming equipment that Ben is going to just pull out of his anus. Yes. Right, so do you want me to go first or you want to go Please, first? Please, yeah. You're well prepared. I can see about 10 questions. So, 15. Um, so, the first question would be with regards to fat grips. Yes. I am aware of the fat grips. Yes. I'm not just talking about... What, what are you... How, have you just researched equipment? No, I've, I've, I've seen them. <laughs> so what, what do you feel they're used for? I've seen them in action. Okay. So in what way? You put the fat grip over a bar. And describe what a fat grip looks like. Fat grip is a cylindrical object. Yes. Roughly shaped like um, something else quite long and large. Yes. Penis. It goes over That's the exactly top. exactly what it's for. Yeah. It's not actually gym equipment. It's, it's just sex toys that people bring in. They <laughs> <laughs> make out. So it goes over the top of a thinner bar, like a bench bar. Bench bar. Yeah. Is that what they call it? <laughs> it's a barbell. <laughs> Whatever. Either way. So it goes over the top of a thinner bar, and uh, you have to grip it. Hence the name. Fat grips. Yeah. There you go. That's That's what I know. But what, in what manner have you seen them used? Are like people doing like rows with the bar? No, I've just seen people putting them on, and then that's it. Okay, so from what my understanding is of a fat grip, I can't speak on behalf of, <laughs> of the manufacturer of a fat grip, but ultimately it's designed to improve your grip strength. So, for example, on the barbell that you've seen it, you'll see sometimes people will do bicep curls, or they'll do like a bent over row, uh, what else are they doing on that one? Um, basically, any pulling exercise. <laughs> any pulling exercise. Any pulling exercise. I told you, it's not. It's not designed for the gym. It's diverse. It, it expands your hands, making them a lot wider, and therefore you don't get as solid a grip on it. A deadlift would be another one. You could use it on there for deadlifting. So when you take it off, yeah, the actual thing you're going to touch afterwards would feel significantly smaller. <laughs> that's it, that's it. Yeah. That could be dangerous outside I mean, of the gym. It could make you feel. We were we were supposed to where we were going to have a, a couple guest speakers with us today. Yeah, uh, they would have they, jumped they, on they that were, one. They would have jumped straight on it and well, butchering it. Literally. But um, the idea would be that you'd be strengthening your um, flexor muscles in your forearms, so that when you went back to using the bar without any fat grips on you would be able to hold on to the bar uh, a lot more securely than uh, than when you had the fat grips on. So therefore, it does improve the strength of the muscles in your forearms, which can improve the, the overall grip strength in your hand. Provide, and it also would increase the strength of the muscles in your hands too. Would it not strain the forearm? Initially, it's yeah. not a normal grip. No, but then you would say the same thing about like if you'd never exercised before. Oh, if you did like a bicep curl for example um, or dead, like, that's the first thing you'll notice with like, your clients if they're doing deadlifts for the first time they find that their, the grip strength in their hand gives out and then when the grip strength in the hand gives out the, the, generally the muscles in the forearm will follow and then leading up and just up the chain to your body so the form is significantly decreased if your Due grip, your grip. Yeah. Wow. so if you see someone like I can uh, see that more on the pull up bars because yeah. you know as soon as your, your grip goes you're fucked you're on the floor but it's the same with the deadlift you're not on the floor though your feet are on the floor yeah, unless you're, you're still, doing the floor you're like still, upside down but think about it like if you're gripping onto a bar 
in, in the deadlift position, you're trying to lift it up, and all of a sudden your hands, the bar starts rolling down oh, your without fingers. Oh, Yeah, you won't lift it. Yeah, and so what the next joint, right? You got your wrist, mm. and then that's going to pass up the, the muscles up your forearm to your elbow, elbow goes to your shoulder, and then you have the cross section of your core. Back starts to round. All right, well, all, so the, all then, those are nice, but what yeah. I'm saying is if I'm up on a bar that's yes. about two meters off the floor and I'm only five foot seven yeah. and my grip goes, yeah. I'm going to come hurtling down towards the floor. It's all right for you because you are as yeah. tall as the bar, so you yeah. don't have to jump. I have yeah. to jump. Well, so I can break an angle. A, some would say you could use a platform to stand up or a set of stairs, perhaps. Hold on, there's another plane. Let's just wait for that. Just gonna wait. They're very noisy recently. Yeah. I think they're flying lower. Chemtrails, that's what I'm going to say. So, alright, the last, the last uh, thing so that I mentioned was, as well. yeah, so the pull-ups, yeah. coming on to pull-ups, Yes. I've seen some people use a band to help people with their pull-ups or chin-ups, so assisting their pull-up by standing on a band, um, but also I've seen the assisted weight machine in which you increase or decrease the weight yeah. in accordance with how much help you would require to do the pull-up or the chin-up. So which one is better? I assume the band, because you're having to uh, use more stability through your body rather than just rely on a machine to take you up. Yeah. But I'll let you take the floor. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, again, it's, a, it's chicken or egg with that. Chicken or egg? Chicken or egg. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, in terms of uh, which, which, which came which first? One, yeah, like right. which one's better? Because Sorry. it's like doing a push-up, right? You can't do a full push-up on the floor. Some people will do a kneeling push-up. Or I prefer to teach it with a full form where you would put like a incline like with a barbell, you know, like you got like the hooks or something like a Smith machine or on a bench where you raise the angle so you're not subjected to gravity as much, but you still get to keep the true form. Thing is with a band, if somebody's never done a pull up before, you've got the, the swinging to take into consideration. So they're going to go all over the place. They've got to try and engage the shoulder blades, engage their core plus the grip factor. So they've got all of these things on it, so it's quite like an advanced move. So you would probably start for an absolute beginner if you're trying to cue like the, the full movement. It's like saying what's better, the lap pull down or the pull up. This is the pull up machine. And it goes back to like that push up that you could do a kneeling push up. In this case, that would be the same as the lap pull down because you're reducing your lever, your range of motion, because you're sat down. Or you could get them on the assisted pull-up machine, which would be the same as doing like an incline push-up. So you've got the full range of motion. You're teaching them to engage by like squeezing their glutes, contract like everything from like the chest down. That's, That's quite interesting. I would probably question the use of the band and what I've seen of Eastern European and Chinese training, because instead of adding a regressive uh, practice that would get them to engage their core, they just get the fucking bamboo out. Yeah, and they whip the fucker in the back. Yeah, well, it's, it's another approach. That's definitely another approach. <laughs> you could do it that way. I'd rather regress and not be whipped with a bamboo stick. Do you do that in the pool? What whip people with bamboo? Yes, it's not a bamboo yeah. stick. You chuck water at people though, and I do. Me. Yeah, have you seen that before? <laughs> yeah, you did it to me. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, some of those uh, documentaries on Chinese gymnastics and their, their coaching and the way they engage, you know, the core and when they're doing handstands or anything, any work on the bar. They have the bamboo. Yeah. Whoa. But they do it in like Russia as well with the gymnasts, right? Yeah, that's Children right. From young age, just yeah, bend yeah. them back and they're like, yes, yeah. you'll just get through the pain. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, there goes a vertebrae. <laughs> well, they're young. They're, they're it's all right. You'll grow, many of them, you'll grow another one. Another one. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I would say like with the assisted pull-up machine, that's probably the better way to start just because you could. it's easier to cue someone in that position than it is with the band. There's a lot of stuff going on with the band. And then once somebody's got quite comfortable, the good thing with the assisted pull-up is, like say one week, you start off with like 50% of their body weight as assistance. As they get stronger, you would just reduce the, uh, the weight. So they're eventually doing almost body weight. So it'd be maybe like 25% of their body weight. And how many like reps that. are you aiming for? Um, well, if, if it's queuing with form, you would probably start with a lower rep right. until they, they feel the movement. Until and, the form is right. Yeah, and then, then you, you can go up to you know as high as 20 if you wanted to or whatever. Like, there's <laughs> no... <laughs> I'd stick with one. Yeah. So, um, all right, well, let's... And you go to the bands. But the, you, you, more questions on the bands? Or no, no, no. This next question is almost related to fat grips, the band. Um, it's actually training with gloves. Okay. So... 
you know, if you wear, should you, when, I, when I've been doing pull-ups or chin-ups on the bar, uh, my hands, not because of grip, but because of the harsh nature of the, the bar, <laughs> my hands have been torn. Oh, no. Yeah, so, and yeah, you can use chalk. Yeah. But... Oh, still, that would give you more grip. That would make it worse. So would wearing gloves work? Because I've seen people wearing gloves. To protect gym. you from the calluses. Yeah, to help you with grip, to protect you from the calluses. Well, is it is it good to wear gloves? Is it bad? Yes and no. I mean... Not like leather gloves. I'm talking about fingerless gym gloves. Yeah, You wear yeah, leather gloves in the gym. Like Michael Jackson. Yeah. yeah. No, that's one just glove. one. Yeah. Just single arm, <laughs> single arm bench press all the time. Well, I mean, like, I should say, like, all, all of these... They all have a purpose, all of these pieces of equipment, and they're good and they're bad. It just depends what stage you're at with your training. Like a fat grip, if you're trying to improve your grip because that's what's giving out when you're particularly good at doing this, I keep coming back to it, but if we say like a deadlift, if your grip is the factor that's letting you down from getting heavier weights and you're having to do like a hook grip, but you, you prefer to do more of like a double overhand grip, then a fat grip will be good at improving your grip strength, which would then... Uh, transfer, uh, yeah, transfer to across to your, yeah, to like your overall um, output of strength. But just to go back with the bands, like the bands are good because what they do is um, they they actually help with the strength curve. And so that meaning on, on a pull up, it's the one exercise where it makes the hardest point of a lift easy. So oh. like when you're at the bottom of if you're hanging from the bar, it's generally where people get stuck. It's like pulling back up, right? if that's a pull-up for example yes if you're doing something like a squat or a bench press or push-ups or um, a deadlift even you can make the easy part of an exercise hard so that's where, that's like, the strength curve yeah because like let's say with a yeah very good and that's the take-home well. message when yeah. it comes to this area yeah and so what I would say is uh, is it's got a guy walking by on, on the phone now. I've just given him the eyes. He's got the point. He's got the point. But yeah, so yeah. let's say with like a squat, when you're at the bottom of the squat with the weight on your back, that is the hardest part, right? To come back up. But then when you're standing up with the weight on your back, there's no real struggle there. You could you could stand there for a while, get your breath back, do your next one. Yep. With the resistance bands, you would attach them to one end, uh, one side of the um, barbell, and the other end. There's normally hooks. So if you see hooks on the bottom of a squat rack, that's generally where you would attach the resistance band. Not hookers. hookers. No Just hookers. make it clear. Hooks, <laughs> not hookers. There's generally three of them. So you can feed the band around there and around the barbell so that when you're standing, you have more resistance because you, now you're being pulled down by the bands, making the top portion of the exercise hard and the bottom part of the exercise hard. Very so, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, same with a bench press. You can normally hold the bar with straight arms above your chest for some time. But if you have a band trying to pull it down, it becomes a lot harder. All right, so uh, moving on. Jesus. My next question uh, is why those two are so loud. I don't know. They're, they're, they're almost beating you in terms of volume. No one ever beats me. I'm only on I'm octave still one. Still probably coming out quiet on this thing. I'm on octave mind. one. Right, so the next question is... Uh, with regards to anybody doing a core exercise, yes. supine. Oh, you, you want your, what about your glove question? No, I've just done my glove question. Well, I didn't really answer it. Oh, you talked about. Oh, did no. you not answer it? Not really. Oh, you were still going off on one. Yeah, I was going off about the fat grips. So I was trying the... to go back because I right. feel like I'm butchering these explanations. Oh, you're, you're smashing them. But... Oh, great. All right, let's get back to the gloves then. Yeah. All right. After you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you wear gloves in the gym? No, only when I masturbate. Right. Okay. No, I, uh, I did. <laughs> I did at one point. I wore them. Uh, I did too. It's all right. You looked the part. You know why? It's because uh, you know, for for most of my life, I've been a swimmer, and uh, my hands are very delicate and soft. <laughs> so you know, and I heard the ladies don't like rough hands. Yeah. But also, well, if I've you're all... getting all the way down to the calluses, then uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so that. <laughs> That's a different podcast yeah. entirely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I found that I was getting too, you know, my hands were getting too rough and like, starting to bleed. So I thought, yeah. hmm, what's yeah. going to help? So I wear gloves. Yeah. Sometimes it's a psychological thing as well. Sometimes you're like, yes, I've got the gloves on. Now I'm ready to train. 
you know. Some really? People, yeah, oh yeah, some people can get a bit dependent on <laughs> I just I just put my special oh, pants I on. <laughs> I don't wash my pants when I train. I just put them on. 365 well, days a year. There's different gloves. There's gloves that some have like um, a bit that will go around your wrist. And then it's like a rubber sheet that goes over your palm. So that will give you the best grip. So the ones that go around the wrist, is that not just promoting weak wrists? But it doesn't really... Well, how else are you going to hold on to it? It's well, to fix onto your body somehow. It's not an actual glove. It's just like... A, a wrist support. It's like a bracelet with a rubber pad on. <laughs> so so when you grip, like the rubber, the rubber's not going to slip off the bar. And I so see therefore, what you, mean. Okay. You, can, you can grip on. But gloves, otherwise, like lifting gloves, they have like a bit of reinforced material across the hand simply to stop the calluses. Right. Or to stop any like cutting in. And yeah, that's good. I mean, I think it's certain people's professions. If they don't want to get their hands all damaged and bloody, then... Yeah, it makes sense. Like a model, for example. Models probably need to have close-up shots. If they've got calluses on their hands, then... All right. Well... Let's get back to, uh, I think, the gloves we've covered. Yeah. Um, Back grips. Maybe not all of them. And bands. Yeah. Let's go to uh, the question a second ago, which was, um, if you're doing core exercises, supine. Supine, on your back. On your back, basically. I love using the word supine. Prone being the opposite. Prone. Yes. Comes up in a pub quiz. Thank you very much. Um, I've seen people put a towel underneath the small of their back when they're doing core exercises on their back. Yeah, don't know yeah. the answer, pass. <laughs> <laughs> now, either that tells me they've got a very, very sweaty lumbar region. Yeah, yeah that's all it is, really. Oh. No, I don't know, I'm sorry, keep going. Uh, or uh, they are not forcing their uh, abdominal recti <laughs> into the floor. Yeah, I think I just made that. Well, the abdominal recti would be. Uh, Did I just make it up? That's a new muscle. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Rectus abdominis. That's the one. I knew it was one way. There we go. That's PT level four, by the way. Yeah. Oh, is it? And yeah, yeah I'm yeah. as qualified as you now, by the way. PT level three. Yeah. I do the Scouts Honor badge. Do you know, you? now I've changed it from Scouts Honor. I've changed it. Yeah, if you've ever been to Scouts or Brownies, I don't know if Brownies had the same sign. Brownies maybe just did two fingers yeah, instead probably. of three. No reference no, no, to anything. No, no. But uh, instead of doing the scout sign, scouts for honor now, I do PT level three. So when I do my PT level four, I'm going to put the other pinky up. What's PT level four going to be? What do you mean, what's it going to be? What did you learn in PT level four? God knows. I've heard you do it in one day if you're as good as me. Really? No. Where are you going to go to do it? Uh, Edinburgh. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's good to know you've done your research. So anyway, all right, you talk to me about the towel yeah. under the back. Uh, well, Tim Hart might say, <laughs> shout out Tim Hart. Shout out Tim Hart. Uh, I don't know what he would say. He, he referenced a guy. He did reference, he a, did guy. reference a guy. Is his name Steve? This is really good. McGill. Too. Something. Stuart McGill. Stuart McGill. Yeah, oh, we got it. Oh, we yeah, are smart. We would have, Tim, Tim Hart mentioned Stuart McGill. He'll be said, a guest one day. Yeah. yeah. If we get hold of him. Yeah. And if he's even real. Yeah. I reckon Tim just makes people up. Um, he's, he said that this Stuart guy might have a different, different opinion of whether you should put a towel under the back or whether you shouldn't. I, so, I, I'd say he knows his stuff more All right. Me, well, so. more on that later. Yeah. All right. So the next thing on my list would... Oh, well, I can, I'll can try and answer. So if somebody, if they put the towel under the back, for example, if, let's say, they had trouble um, pushing their lower back into the ground... As in due to like, a, a, an anterior pelvic tilt. Ooh. So if they had, for whatever reason, their pelvis was tilting forward, giving themselves something of a... You know, a bigger bummed appearance. So they got that curve of their lower back. Kyphosis. No. Lordosis. Yeah. One of them. So they have that. Bendy back syndrome. Then they might find it difficult to press their lower back into whatever, like the floor or into a bench, whatever they're on. Then that would make it harder for them to engage abdominals. But if you put the towel under there, it it will give them one that that sense of comfort, and two, it will allow them to push down as much as they can do into the the towel funnily then, enough yeah. you could also which is a medieval torture <laughs> get a hot bucket yeah and put a rat inside it and then what's that gonna do That's well it would own. force them to push their back into the floor because they don't want the rat eating through their stomach true but it's if hot. they're physically unable to do it then they're just gonna get gorged by the rat until it digs itself out tough shit well, I'm sorry. But... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that that question is fine. We've answered that. Are you one. sure you're happy with that answer? Yeah, I'm happy with it. 
Okay. Or they could, alternatively, if they don't have a towel. I'm happy with it. Or they could just put their hands under their bum, Ooh. and that would raise the hips up, allowing them to tip their pelvis backwards. You that know sounds... when they do lower yeah, leg. Yeah. And then you would do single leg work rather than lifting both legs off the ground. You sounds the weight of the leg, which would add to that anterior pelvic tilt. Easy, easy. Oh, well, I blacked out for a second. Science mode. Yeah. Um, foam roller. Yes. Now, I Maybe see a lot, a lot of this, yes. <laughs> Uh, I see a lot of people using the foam rollers in the gym. Yep. Uh, somebody mentioned that the foam rollers may be useful, may not be useful. Yep. Um, so, uh, what are your opinions? What are your opinions on them? Have you? Used I don't them? use them. I've never used them. Yeah, but you're quite um, limber and loose. Yeah, limber. So for you, you probably wouldn't get much benefit. But the the soft tissue. Um, things like the foam roller or the massage balls, the trigger point balls. Oh, very good. Things. That was my next question. Balls. Balls, okay. Yeah, whether they're ribbed or not. Yep. And I'm not talking about, <laughs> about small what? balls. Small balls. So no, like... You can use small balls. So all of these um, massage tools. <laughs> Is that what they're called? Yeah, well, I like call massage, them soft, trigger Sport, point. Put sports in front of it. At sports least massage. sports massage tools. Yeah. Not well, just massage tools. Soft tissue, basically. Ribbed massage tools. Any of these things. They could be used for, in the instance that somebody's coming in from sitting down all day, it can be... Pleasure. It could be something that's used to shift the mindset from being in the office into the gym. So you feel like you're doing something. So it can be a placebo. Wow. But for most people, it can actually have a benefit. So it's getting deep. Yeah. But the foam roller has quite a large surface area. So therefore, when you roll over larger muscle groups, it will be the same as like doing uh, a rolling pin over a flower. So what you're really over, trying over to say toe. is yes. using a foam roller yes. and a ball yeah. is helping the client tap into their parasympathetic <laughs> nervous system? <laughs> I would maybe agree. If I knew what parasympathetic system was. Now please, could you give us that explanation? I think it falls under either the autonomic or the somatic nervous system. Oh, oh okay. Stuff to research, guys. Totally spouting this out. <laughs> All I remember is the parasympathetic nervous system. Is that the same system. as the abdominal rectus? No, basically your body prepares for exercise. And when it prepares for exercise, it's going into the war, war mind. Right, there you go. And then when you're being or, or going into relaxation mode, it's going into peace. So two parts of the, I can't remember whether it's the central nervous system. I'm pretty sure it is. Two parts of those, you will either have, I think it's, aut aut it's automatic or, or, or tonic. Autonomic. That's the one. Or somatic. And it's one of them, and it's associated with peace. And I just remember, peace, para. I can't remember the war one. Okay. Which would suck if I was a, a soldier. Like, no, dude. All these listeners. All these listeners, you're letting them down. All two of them. Yeah. <laughs> Research it. <laughs> Um, and get back to us. All right, so that's that. No, it's not. We haven't even finished. You 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 drift off, and then you you go to the next thing. <laughs> Do I say? So, yeah. All right, we'll carry on. So the foam rollers, they've got larger surface area. Then you have a massage ball. They can come in the size of like um, a nut. Yeah, they can go right down as small as a golf ball. You can use. But basically, the larger the tool or the smaller the tool, the larger or smaller the surface area, meaning it can get into the muscle fiber deeper. So a foam roller is good because it's like a rolling pin over dough meaning that you'll get you know, over the majority of the muscle. What if there's a lot of dough? There's a lot of dough then... What you're... about Louise dough? <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Shout out Louise dough. Um, yeah, but with a ball, a ball is more likely to get into your trigger points. Sounds, sounds... So if you're very tight and it's sore the first time you use it, it could be a sign that you've got a lot of tension in the muscle and that it only is that way to begin with, but the more you do it, the more loose the muscle will become, the more relaxed, the more blood you'll get to the area, and therefore we have a debate on whether or not they're good or bad. bad. But right. I always think of it like if you have a knot in a muscle, and if you picture like a shoelace, if you're trying to undo the lace, if you pull it, so if you're just trying to stretch it, you're going to make it worse. So the idea would be that if you did foam rolling, you'd be trying to break down that knot or undo that knot so that when you stretch, there's less of a binding between the muscle fibers because you have to remember a muscle fiber is about as, is as thick as about or as thin as a hair follicle. Mine aren't. Mine are, <laughs> mine are massive. But you mine have thousands and thousands of them. And so the more you use it, the more those muscle fibers get broken down, tangled, entwined. And so by using a foam roller or a ball or any sort of soft tissue release tool, you're, you're encouraging those fibers to come back into a better position so that when you stretch, that it's not like you're 
pulling. You know, like when you brush your hair, for example, there's a knot in your hair. You brush it out. It's kind of like that. My hair is like a one. I don't brush my hair. I'm I know. Sure. That's why you shouldn't be Thor. So, I'm going to be Thor. Gonna... Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Um, breath restriction oh. mask. <laughs> Hello. It's getting kinky now. In the bedroom? Or in the uh, well, kind of. Okay. Yeah, if you want to use it in the bedroom, I That's suppose. It. So, um, yeah, are we talking about... Uh, almost simulating the effects of high altitude training by yeah, limiting the, the amount of air that you can intake. Yeah, well, that's the theory of it. So like, for example, sea level. yeah. So I mean, all you're really doing when you're training, like from, from my understanding of it, when you wear an oxygen mask, the idea is that you're restricting the amount of oxygen you're breathing in. Therefore, in theory, you're trying to improve the amount of red blood cell is this really going to happen though no. at, at sea level? <laughs> no, because you are still at sea level. Yeah. All I can imagine that it would make you better at is regulating your breathing when the damn mask was off. Well, generally speaking, like when I was in Bolivia, for example, there, we were climbing a lot of mountains there and you're about 5,000 meters above sea level. And dealing drugs. When you, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but when you, if you flew from here now and went to somewhere like um, Potosi, which is in Bolivia, it's one of the world's highest uh, altitude cities, <laughs> If you landed there and you went out and you just walked up a flight of stairs, you would be out of breath by the time you got to the top. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely ruined. So what happens is a lot of the time, sports people, like the people who do Tour de France, they might go to a high altitude area for, and it takes about six weeks. That's what somebody was telling me. Toward the end of their training, about six weeks for the body to actually adapt to that high altitude and actually start producing more More red red blood blood cells. cells. So when you come back... You have more oxygen. But not immediately though. When you come back, not, I, I think it takes a couple of weeks for it to... Uh, to like fade away. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. it will go away because your body will adapt to your current climate. But Unless that's why they'll do it. Like Blood doping. Oh. If you don't know what blood doping is... Google it. <laughs> yeah, because I ain't going to go into it now. We'll go into that another time when we talk about... <laughs> Episode four. Drugs. Yeah. And, uh, and, and other such yeah. uh, human um, performance. But yeah, so I, I would say a mask, a mask isn't really going to give you much when you're at sea level. Uh, you're better off going up a mountain and living buying, there for a few weeks. Buying a gimp mask. Yeah. All right. Well, that's very good. Um, so the next one, and this is one that you put on my list, actually. Yes. Uh, is is your reference to this plane that's going over the top of us right now? Yeah. Um, just let it go on by. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. Very very good. Right. It's gone. So, uh, tele-sales equipment. Yes, the best ones. Oh God. All the best, we've all seen them. Right. You wanna name a few? Shake weight. Shake weight, yeah. Yeah, yeah. South Park made them. South Park made an episode where if you shake it, it gives you encouraging advice to keep shaking it and then it will just spill. Cooling, refreshing breeze at the end. Just splat all over your face. Water, (laughs) mist. So you may have seen these shake weights. They look like uh, a dumbbell. And the idea is that they're weighted each end and they're loose. So when you shake it, the weight uh, shifts side to side and they claim it's good for toning the arms. So all of these sort of gimmicky workout tools that you see on the shopping channels and they have like a super lean woman or a really stacked guy and they make out that they're really happy when they're working out. They don't do shit, really. They're sad. They're yeah. really sad. But they do fold away neatly and store under your bed so they don't take up much space in the house with the other 60 things you bought off of the fucking shopping channel. <laughs> Jesus. So, yeah. This so one sent you off on one. <laughs> I'm annoyed because once upon a time, I bought a gimmicky piece of equipment. Where from? Oh, Telesales. Argos? <laughs> yeah, no. What's oh. Argos? Argos only sells top quality fitness oh, equipment. Fair enough, fair enough. Know. My bad. Um, such as York. No, um... Our sponsors, if you like York, still, York. Waiting, still waiting on that phone call. Yeah, um, yeah no, I, I bought like a, an ab crunching machine. This is a long, long time ago. And basically, it would look like um, you know, in a cartoon where you see the dynamite stick and you push it down, yeah, yeah, and it would look like that. But you put you rested it across your thigh. Oh, I've seen one of these. You hold on, and you can adjust the spring in the middle so it clicks down. You have, right, to, you right, have right. to crunch down until it clicks and oh. it gives you the perfect crunch. It's like Marilyn Monroe's yeah. rib. And then I also bought some Monroe? plyometric shoes. Marilyn Manson. That's one. Yeah. It's a Marilyn Monroe. I dare you to her name. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Marilyn Manson. No offense, Marilyn. Yeah. He had an in, inbuilt ab crunch. Yeah, he had a lot of things going on. But he's a good man. Yeah, so I bought that and I also bought some plyometric shoes. 
So these were basically uh, high heels without the heels. So it was like a little wedge that you uh, went across the ball of your foot. I think they're called platforms. And you would do it, yeah, but without, it went to like the ball of your foot and that was it. So the rest of your foot was hovering. All right. And the idea That's was, weird. they came with like a whole program and you would do like depth jumps and box jumps oh. and lots of, lots of jumps. So really the jumping helped. You didn't need this piece of equipment. So but. you've been susceptible. I have to... been subject to the lies of the telecell world. Wow. Yeah. But this was a long time ago when I was a mere child with lots of money from working in a factory and no other thing to do with my life. That makes sense. So I was experimenting. All right. But yeah, for the most part, uh, these models that they get in, they, they train, they take stuff. And yep. uh, then they just, they're the face of it. And, and then you, that buys you in. And it has a whole like 20 minute speech before it gives you the price. Uh, at a discounted price, more often than not. Oh, I love Maybe those. That it's like I love those. Price. It's almost as bad as what's annoying me at the moment on YouTube when every channel uh, I watch or every video I watch, it comes up with, uh, do you want more time, more money, more freedom? And then it goes, just start your own online business. Oh, Non-specific, no. no, just an online business. Incredible. And they'll send you the free seven videos to get your, uh, I clicked on the video, not to buy it, just out of curiosity. And at the very end, there's a disclaimer that says, we are not responsible if this doesn't work out for you in very small print. The worst so, one is, I think his name's Ty Lopez. Oh, and he, that guy. He barraged, I don't even know if that's the right word, but I'm use it. it. YouTube with this video of him in his garage showing off his Lamborghini, showing off his thousand books. Yeah. Now, there's uh, a, a, a group of editors or gamers called Vanos Gaming. Yeah. I think it's that. If you type in in my garage, Vanos Gaming. Type that in on YouTube and watch that video. It tears the crap out of him. Really? It's amazing. I love it. It had it had more views. Than his. On his. <laughs> they had like 12 million views. And Ty, this Ty guy, he's not Ty, but his name's Ty. Yeah. He, he only had a couple. So um, yeah, yeah, all, all of those all of those are very, very powerful YouTube videos that are, that, that, people walk this that way. people buy into. Sorry about that, guys. We just had a few people walking through. There's many other ways they could have walked around us. It's like a maze. Some would say we're not professional by recording in these areas. I love recording in public places. Yeah, it's good. We do it naked. Yeah. Um, all right, the, the next one and my last one, to be honest. What was the last one we were just discussing? Electric... Oh, teddy cells. Yeah, don't buy teddy cell shit. Just come to the gym or go and exercise. Electric ab machines. Like toning machines, you mean, like the plugs? Well, basically the ones that you put on your stomach and it vibrates the shit out of it. Yeah. But does it actually work? Well, again, it goes back to the teddy cells thing. Like, yeah, I mean, potentially it contracts and relaxes the muscle, so you are, in theory, creating a contraction through Wouldn't the muscle. Wouldn't just shivering do that? Yeah. All right. But then that, that shivering is just a process in which we try to warm up our body, right? That's why we're cold. And so the muscles contract and spasm, increasing your core temperature and allowing you to warm up. That's that's what a shiver is. Guys, huh. Well, that, that, that brings me, well, kind of off topic. Yeah. No, but after you. No, well, I was just going to say more things about these, these telecells or any like, equipment in general. I mean, we could argue that you don't need a gym at all because there wasn't that around years ago when we would exercise. We could argue. Hunt and gather. Yeah, that's right. So you, technically you could just run, you could just use your own body weight and you would get in a good shape. But we work in a gym, so please join our gym. <laughs> Some people are under the belief that you don't need to do anything. You can just think about exercising. Yeah, well, those people are uh, <laughs> they're out there. <laughs> they are fucking out yeah. All right, well... Um, you could think yourself rich as well. You definitely could. Well, that shivering comment brings me to one of the blogs that James Eagle Fitness... Oh, shout out, James Eagle. I know you're listening. ...was uh, writing, and, uh, you know, I helped him out a little bit. And Did you? It In was, what way? Um, you're trying to run him into the ground now? Yeah, yeah. Oh. He can't talk. Um, cold-induced thermogenesis. Oh, yeah, mate. It's good for knowledge now. Well, so what I was reading about his blog was if you take cold showers... Do you want to give his blog ...in the morning and the evening? So you get some... James Eagle Fitness blog. I'm I don't know if he's... can you find that? I don't know if he's uh, released it. Try Instagram. Okay. James Eagle. That's James Eagle and one other person. Listen. So if you, if, you, if you have cold showers... I'm going to let this plane go over. It doesn't help that we're right underneath the city airport. True. We should really have looked at the flight map. Oh, well, whatever. So cold-induced thermogenesis is if you have cold showers, it can actually help you uh, sleep. It can um, help you burn calories. Um, so, yeah, have a look at his blog. It's very interesting to read. Well, 
that's my questions for you, Norris. Well, I think that we should wrap this up then. Uh, it was a very good episode. No, joking. <laughs> with you. Oh, you're fucking with me. Yeah, just fucking with you. That's not funny. So, uh, you need to. It's 34 minutes. That's fine. We've got plenty of time. I'll ask, you, I'll ask you questions now. What is that on my neck? Uh, your finger. Is it like a red mark on yeah, my neck? Yeah, let's take a spot. Oh, yeah. thanks, mate. Well, that's crazy, isn't it? It's a bite. Yeah. It's a bite. I wasted two seconds of people's life. So, tell me about equipment in the pool. Looking from what I've seen, uh, having no knowledge of it, they only aid the swimming, such as the fins, the paddles, the floats, the buoys. All right. Louise. The boys. Boys, boys, the boys. The boys. Yeah. Aids. You say chuck that boy between your leg, and I'm like, which one? Yeah, put Every that. Time we swim. Put that boy between your legs. Yeah. Um, well, what do you want to know about first? Because we've used Not several. Neither wants to know. It's the listeners, Lorcan. That's true. Yeah. Sorry. So I'll ask as a novice swimmer. Yeah, only a noob. Been... I mean, you you're recently... not novice anymore, you're intermediate. Yeah, well, I still struggle. <laughs> um... <laughs> so, uh, not through your coaching, through my lack of. Uh, Definitely through my ability. coaching. Uh, so, the one piece of equipment you use recently is the the belt where you affixed me to the wall and I oh, had to swim against the current. Now that yeah. was that was fun. Power cord. Yeah. Yeah, correct. So it's a tethered swimming device that attaches to the wall, and it's almost like a bungee. If you imagine a bungee against the wall and you're strapping it on the swimmer. <laughs> um, uh, that bird took oh, offence to that one. So um, actually, there is research to say that. <laughs> has a, uh, a neutral, if not negative, effect on a swimmer's performance. Um, so that's why you put me in it then? Pretty much. That's why I got worse. Yes. So unfortunately, because it's tethered around the waist and your hips are slightly lower, uh, the body position is out rather than you being in a neutral position without wearing the band and you swimming uh, with inertia. Because effectively swimming with a band on, you are static. So. Unfortunately, the body position is out. However, um, uh, the reason I use the power cord is because after you are swimming static and immediately going back into swimming, um, you know, from one end of the pool to the other, the sensory feedback that you get swimming through the water rather than statically is incredible. You feel like you're slipping through the water like a knife. Um, and we can use that to our advantage when it comes to sprinting. So the benefits physiologically are negligible. The benefits psychologically are very, very good. But could you not put, because well, again, back to the gym equipment, there's harnesses you can use in the, in the gym. Well, much like what you did on the edge of the pool, but they fix around your shoulders. So like, a, like an X almost. Could you not put that one around your shoulders in the pool? Yeah, the problem then... with putting it around your shoulders is every swimming stroke requires mobility through the shoulder. So if you start doing that, you're going to get in the way of breathing. It's also going to get in the way of the body position because the band that is holding you to the wall is behind you fixed to something. So your neutral body position in the water will be affected. Okay. Um, so yeah, power cord's very, very good to use, very, very fun to use, uh, and that is a different uh, training approach to keep it interesting for the swimmer as well. All right, well, thank you for answering that question. That is all my questions, and we'll see, no, uh, I'll stop doing that now. What about, <laughs> what about the, uh, the fins? Because you keep chucking them on me quite a lot. Correct, yep. So what's the benefit of that? Because I feel worse when I take them off, yep. and it's disheartening, yep, so yep. please tell me what is the purpose of fins? Well, first thing I need to mention when it comes to swimming fins, there are many, many different types. However, the two main types in a pool that you will see are a training fin and a learning fin. A training fin is shorter, heavier. Um, a learning fin is longer and lighter. So if you actually have a look at the thinnest floating fin, those are very, very good learning and development fins for swimmers that are beginner to intermediate. If you are using a fin in an intermediate to advanced level, you should be using some arena short fins. I don't really like the Speedo short fins. Sorry, Speedo. Uh, those snap. That was our sponsorship. Yeah, yeah. Those fins snap a lot. Um, they break right where your toes are. They will say, you're not, you're wearing the wrong size fin. Meh, meh, meh. No, they just snap. So yeah, there's two types of fin. 
Um, training fin and learning fin. Okay, and then... The reason why we use the learning fin, and it's longer and it's lighter, people lack the... Um, uh, number one, strength of kick, to be able to get them through the fundamental exercises for freestyle, backstroke, and butterfly. So when we put a long, light fin on, it helps them to get through some of the drills that we need to get them through to introduce uh, stroke mechanics. Um, longer fins and lighter fins also will help you stretch out the foot to become more plantar flexed than dorsiflexed. And what if, does that mean? Because well, basically, uh, if you look at a penguin walk, the penguin's feet, it's almost like your toes are constantly curled up towards your shin. And that is? So you're walking flat-footed. And that, that one's of the two that you just described? Sure, it's dorsi. Damn, I got it right. So that would be dorsiflexion if you're walking flat-footed. Right. A lot of people struggle with foot flexibility and they will come in like that. Um, and what we actually want is plantar flexion without having to point your toes. Um, and what is plantar flexion for those that are listening? Extension through the ankle? Completely. Yes. Smack that out of the park. That's good. So basically, imagine you're pointing your toes. That is plantar flexion. Down yeah. towards the floor. Planting Down towards the, the floor. Ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down towards the floor. Or if your legs are out in front of you at your, at your desk and you're pointing your toes away from you. And so how do you do this kick that you just described? So what you have to do is, number one, your feet have to be relaxed in a plantar flexion position. You then have to be able to kick keeping your knees under the surface of the water on backstroke or not letting your knees point down on freestyle. Too much bending in the knee, you're probably cycling in the water or running. We don't want you to do that. So you should be kicking from your hip rather Correct. than from your quads. Kick from the top, flick from the bottom. Hey. One of my clients was practicing uh, his kicking, and this was hilarious when he told me, in bed. He had his duvet on top of him with his chin out of the top and his feet out of the bottom. And he said, I was kicking my legs in bed and I was trying not to make the duvet pop up in the middle. And of course, I said something regarding pitching tent. Yes, as you would, as you were looking. Obviously. Yeah. So, but, you know, when he told me, I thought, damn, that's pretty good exercise. You know, put your duvet on. You're going to bring one into the poolside? A duvet? Yeah. No, it's too tempting. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it, it was nice to hear that he was trying to learn outside of the pool. So, well. ironically, that ended up being a piece of training equipment too. A duvet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, um, yeah. yeah, we use the fins to stretch out the feet. If you're learning with training fins on, that will promote you to kick uh, in a way that is not going to help you with the drills you will basically bend the knees too much because your foot flexibility is shite and you'll just end up kicking well, sorry running in the water mainly because of the fin so it's a very very interesting use of equipment to help so that's swimming. that's a tool that works that is a tool that's like a gimmick that works tool, but... if you use it in the right way uh, if you use it in the wrong way then holy shit you're just gonna you know have bad habits that someone's gonna have to fix along the, along the way Yep. Uh, oh, I should have also said, with, with like the fat grips, for example, there are other ways of improving your grip strength too. So there's pieces of equipment like... It's my like, time now, motherfucker. Like almost like a nutcracker. Oh, the, grip, the grip strength in oh, this, yeah, right? Yeah, Remember? They so they, they work too. And there's like one company called Kings of Crush. Sponsor us. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, they have one that goes right up to like uh, almost, I think over 100 kilos or something like that. It's just extremely strong one, but there's only like one of... I think two people in the world have ever closed it. Jesus. And you get one like that, and they're like the world's strongest men. So. One of them, Sally. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Sally. So they, they crush it. That's a joke. Uh, and, and that would, again, just like the fat grip, it would help improve the um, flexor muscles in your forearms. Climbers would use it too, because they, you know, they need their grip. Grip, yeah. Finger strength. Anything that's wide that makes you have to grip harder would improve. <laughs> Like balls, like climbing balls. You can get those Jesus too. Christ. Yeah, they have them in the gym. I thought you were going to say climbing balls. I thought you were going to say balls. No, it's like a, like a big round ball that's attached to a piece of string that you Normally, hang off of there and you can do like pull-ups on them. Normally two. two yeah, there are two. Two you balls. Need, you need, do you need two big balls to hang from? Yes. Okay, right. So back to, to the pool. Yes. Um, to, the, to the fish. 
the fins we've established are good. Yeah. What about the paddles? Same, same as the fins, really. Uh, paddles are actually. All right. Next question. Yeah. <laughs> next question. Bolt. Paddles are uh, interesting, actually. There are positives of using the paddle, and there are negatives of using the paddle. But you're only. I just one plane a minute. Yeah. These planes are being very, very annoying. Yeah, it's not like we're living in the busiest city. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, there it goes. So paddles, paddles. Yeah, positives and negatives, and you are you, you are, are only going to be you are um, able to use them if you're aware of those. If you're not aware of those, then effectively you're using them ineffectively and almost dangerously for your swimming. So the paddle can be used as a training tool and a technical tool. In terms of a technical tool, in terms of a technical tool, you can use the paddle to help you figure out whether you're entering the water properly on your freestyle and your catch is any good. The holes in the paddle, if you push the paddle down on the water, like you're pressing an iron into some uh, garment, uh, if you do an inappropriate hand entry, then bubbles will come through the holes. If you enter your hand piercing the water with the paddle on, then there will be no bubbles. So we can say that you've had a clean hand entry and then you can move into the catch. If you're using the paddles, and your arm recovery is shite, you're gonna do your shouldering. And unfortunately, constant use of the paddle will promote a shit arm recovery. Because when you're using the paddle, you're pulling under the water with a bigger surface area than your hand. So when you finish off the stroke, your mind is still thinking about how much power that you're pushing through the water with on your hand. So immediately, your head just brings the hand forward to go ahead and do it again. So if you're wearing the paddles and you're training with the paddles on, for the love of God, please don't forget that when you recover your arm, we want your hand underneath your elbow so that you don't screw your shoulder up. Yes, and stay away from the middle of the lane if you're sharing. Oh damn, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's another bugbear about that's, paddles. I saw you today, didn't I? So that happened in the pool. Okay, so what about flotation aids? Flotation aids. Such as the noodle, or what did yep, you call it? Yeah, yeah, noodle. Um, oh, you call it the noodle too? Yeah, noodle. Okay. Uh, and a... Float. Uh, float, just Yeah, there. just a kickboard. Yep. Um, armbands. And what's the other one you put between the legs? Pool boy? That's the one, pool boy. All, right, all, of, these, all of these things are good. Again, the pool boy is a tool that you should use, but knowingly. The pool boy is a technical tool first, then it is a training tool afterwards. And describe what it looks like so people know what the pool boy is, just in case we have any listeners. The pool boy is, um, the pool boy basically looks like, a, what's that? What's like that? a sponge. It looks like a Brazil nut, but a little bit wider. And it's either red or it's it's you striped. Sure? Brazil nut? Yeah, fucking Brazil nut. Would you? Yeah, I, that's the only thing I can think of. So Brazil nut's curved that way? Sort of. There's two parts I'd say, looks, on that, I'd say it looks more like uh, an exclamation mark. Well, it looks together. Like, yeah, all right. Well, yeah, maybe. And then it's, yeah. yeah. Or a pair of balls with one bigger than one smaller. Yeah, again, that's not really the shape of ball. I don't think you know what things look like. No, I'm not very good at explaining what they look like. Either way, it's something you put between your fucking legs. Right. And you swim with it. So technical tool first helps you figure out balance on the stroke, core control, without the use of the kicks. Kicks? Touch, I know you're, you're plural. <laughs> Sorry, kick. Kick would be the right word. So uh, when you're swimming freestyle backstroke, um, the kick is there to balance the stroke. When you use a pool boy, you are taking away the kick. So what is left then to balance the stroke? And that would be the stroke itself. There is a right way of doing pull, and there is a wrong way of doing pull. If you don't know about your swimming and you just whack a pool boy in and you go ahead and do it, you're doing it wrong in the wrong way. If you put a pool boy in trying to help you out, figure out the balance on your stroke and you get it wrong by rolling on your back, well done. You're doing it right, but you're getting it wrong every now and again, so you're learning from the pool boy. So a lot of these tools come with caveats. <laughs> My vocabulary is on fire today. It is. Uh, Abdominal recti, don't forget. Oh God, yeah, completely the wrong way around. So they will come with caveats that you need to be aware of in order to use them effectively. Otherwise, you're going to get yourself into trouble, either injuries, bad habits, and then I'm going to have to sort your ass out. And that's like across the board now. That's pretty much across the board, because even if you are a non-swimmer, maybe not non-swimmer, 
maybe beginner, if you're using flotation aids in the water like a noodle that you do not need to use if you just went ahead and saw a teacher who got you to float unassisted in the water and helped you find your actual body position. If only somebody could find a teacher like that right if here. Only oh. unassisted. What a flotation device does, armbands, noodle, floats, is it gives you a false sense of security floating in the water that you do not need. Uh, have you? It basically gives you confidence. Have you ever seen someone lack confidence to a point they've had fins, paddle, all the equipment, noodle? <laughs> I see. It, I see it all the time. Do you? I see. I see a non-swimmer so I need or a beginner things. with a noodle, a float, goggles, snorkel, paddles, fins. It's like Scuba Steve getting in the water and a wetsuit too. Yeah, no, two wetsuits. So yeah, you, you really, really got to think about what what aids you're using when you're swimming, um, or learning to swim, especially beginner non-swimmer or non-swimmer beginner. Yes, I use them to instill confidence, but very, very swiftly I try and move the swimmer away and get them to feel their neutral body position and get them comfortable, understanding that the water is there to hold you up, not make you sink. Okay. The water is your friend. So now these, <laughs> so these are all uh, pieces of equipment that work in, this is a piece in of your favour when used correctly. So what what exists in the pool that you would be looking at and thinking, right? That's just that's not needed. Armbands. But what about for children? They can uh, armbands. But what about for children? Armbands. What, do you don't think they're good? No. Well, they give, well, they're too scared to get in the water, and then they're like, they have that reassurance. If they're too scared to get in the water, then the water's too deep for them. Well, that's going to be any baby that's two years old. Two years old? You know? I've, no, I've taught, I've taught parent and baby, I've taught toddlers, I've, I've had uh, four-year-olds doing streamlined kick on their back. Better than you. So, it's not hard, though, Sorry, man. It's all right. So, um, Just lost yourself clad. Yeah, I know. I'm going to go to a different one. <laughs> armbands, um, armbands and any flotation device, especially the stupid... Uh, suits that kids put on. So when you say when oh, you say painful, when you say armbands, you mean like the ones you blow into? Yeah, flotation devices that yeah. go on your arms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. floaties. They call floaties. Them in, uh, Do not Australia. take a child into a pool uh, that is too deep for them and put That's armbands. That's any pool though. Put armbands on them. Don't do it. It's too deep for them. You, you, they need where to. Where are learn, they going to go? They need to learn the basics in a pool. Yeah. Is the right level for them where they can stand up. Where is that? That's got to be like a foot deep. That yeah. doesn't exist. No, they do. Where? Teaching pools. One public, foot deep. Yeah, public puddle. Swim, yeah. A puddle, then. No, not one, one foot. Yeah, public swimming pools. The one in Poplar has a teaching pool. This is the difference between a 25 meter pool with a 1.8 meter depth or yeah. 2 meter depth standard yeah. or a teaching pool with a 1 meter or a 0.8 or a 0.5. meter is 100 centimeters. What two year old is 100 centimeters tall? You fucking I were. Wasn't. You were. Yeah, mum was in labor three days. She's <laughs> pulling me out like a, a wizard, like a magician horse. Your head, your head was out for a day. She was out of his lead. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there are teaching pools, there are training pools. And this is the difference. Do not put your kid into a 25 meter, 1.8 meter depth pool with armbands on. You're effectively doing nothing for them but what if that's their only option they don't have yeah. a teaching if it's their only option I don't then think armbands are that bad a thing they're definitely your description. bad they're definitely bad Gives what if they just want to have a little float and kick around to be happy and then they're like yeah look at this they want a little photos, float and kick around then, then they need them yeah, well they still they need to take purpose. fucking swimming lessons okay sure yeah stop <laughs> trying to drum up business on the podcast <laughs> just help people I'm giving real advice to real parents out right. there that want their swimmers to be as awesome as me when they're older but what they just want to have some fun in there like, fun yeah. in a swimming pool without armbands on yeah. when they're older and they realise oh maybe I can swim because I've had that false sense of security my parents gave me with armbands on. Then they get into a deep end. They're like, oh, shit. Yeah. I can't swim. Yeah. True. All right. Real. I'll give, I'll give you and some I, credit I give, for your I point. give the RNLI some praise on this one about uh, their, um, their propaganda, would you call it? I don't know. I don't yeah, think something like that. Is. RNLI. Um, RNLI. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're, they're giving you advice on how to survive if you fall into cold water. Oh, yeah. And breathe and relax. Bear wanna... Grylls says you should get out, get naked and do push-ups. That's what I took from Fuck me. Bear Grylls in the yeah. wild. Yeah. So um, RNLI are saying breathe and relax. However, RNLI really need to be pointing to people and saying, 
why the fuck can't you swim in the first place? Yeah. Um, you know, because uh, two thirds of the UK can't swim. That is a statistic that was yeah, around a hundred years ago. If you want to read a book that was written in 1914, it's called Swimming, and it's written by Montague A. Holborn. Read that book, look at the reference, and then have a look at the statistics today about swimming that, uh, people that cannot swim. Uh, so people need to start swimming uh, because it's embarrassing if you cannot. You, what, what, they just have no reason? Well, they live in somewhere where there's no water nearby. Just, I don't need there's this. water everywhere. There's water everywhere that you just got to find. You don't need to be in it. Should it's everybody not, it's not water world with Kevin Costner. We're not it all fucking will be. Will it? If this uh, climate change goes underway, oh. man, my kids will be able to swim. Yeah, my kids will be Kevin. Really? Costner. Oh, I don't know what his character's name was. Okay, right. So, it's got so we're on the fence about the the armbands. But Definitely not. Well, yeah, we are. Ben's so, on the fence. Yeah, I'm on the other side saying, "Fuck you, Ben. Get down." Yeah, and I'll jump in and take them off. Yeah, take them, take those armbands off. <laughs> So what about uh, what about gimmicks? Then? Is there anything that is just out there? You're like, no. Yeah, there's a lot. Of bands yeah, like, yeah. I mean, there's there's loads of gimmicks within the swimming industry for equipment. Um, God. What about the water weights I said about earlier? They're they different. They're, that's they're, for an aqua class. Yeah, right? correct. So aqua classes, you know, aqua classes, you've generally got your feet on the floor. You're using the resistance of the water to replicate exercises that you would do in the gym. Uh, water is a thousand times more dense than air, so you are effectively pushing a resisted weight, if it were, and that is why sculling yeah, in swimming tough. exercises work. Well, what about uh, when you see people doing weight training underwater? What's your opinion on that? Well, swimming from water is weightless. That is the idea. So, I'm I've got a pretty strong opinion about aqua classes. So, if you're it? if you're getting in the pool, you fucking swim. <laughs> you know, fly back, breast or freestyle. What about those bikes that they put in? Aqua bikes? Yeah. Don't even get me started. Don't get me started. Why? Aqua bikes. That dive, that Why don't a... you put fucking rollerblades on and just rollerblade from one end of the pool to the other? Why don't we do that? I don't know. Maybe you could start the class. Yeah. You know what? I might just do it and see yeah. how many people buy into it. And then once they've done two or three lessons, I'll just say, "This was a experiment. Now I'm going to teach you all butterfly." What is the point of the bike in the water? Why not just be uh, on a bike? Yes, there are the reasons, you know, physiotherapy. Completely understand. Use it for physio. But you can just be on a normal bike, couldn't you? you? Could, it's the yeah, same you, thing. You could be, and, and this is this is effectively why I don't really like the bike. There, aqua classes are quite good for physio, actually, because of the reduced impact that you would get in the water. Aqua oh, bikes... The same motion. If anything, you've got more impact from the resistance of the water as you're pedaling through. No, I'm not talking about the bikes now. I'm talking about aqua classes where your feet are planted and you're walking well, I'm talking the about water. the bike still. Now you're talking about the bike. Yeah, I was yet. talking about the bike the whole time. Oh, you were? Yeah. Oh. I don't understand why they have the bike that they put in the water. No, I don't, but I don't want to go into it too much because oh, I'll get myself right. in trouble. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, so, yeah, you know, if you look at a bike in the water, you know, just think, should that really be there? If you were on holiday and you were going on a ride in the beach... Would you decide to just take your bike and ride it in three meters of water? No, you fucking wouldn't. So, wrong. <laughs> well, first of all, why would you be riding your bike on the beach unless it's got fat tires? It's fucking fat. <laughs> I know. I know, right? Imagine. It's so hard. Yeah. Running on the beach is hard enough. Yeah, but you can get those off-road. Fat tires. Those big, yeah. yeah, not the same as fat grips. No. Um, all right, so basically what we've learned from this episode today about equipment is that it all serves a purpose in one way or another yeah and if you really really want to be uh, someone that uses equipment try not to just pick it up and go ahead and use it without knowingly finding out what it's there for yeah that is probably the advice that I would give anyone for the gym and for the pool don't put a pool boy in don't put some paddles on until you've you know seen someone like me or Ben and asked us you know why should I use it what does it do for me or should I use it at all, or should I use another piece of equipment? And we'll probably not say yes, you can use it, or no, you're a fucking idiot, put it down, you need to do this first, without the fucking idiot part. <laughs> but it's interesting, like, this is just the tip of the iceberg, though, with equipment, right? There's, there's loads of other stuff I'm sure we'll cover in more episodes. Yep. I mean, like we said, with the gloves, for example, you mentioned the chalk as well. Yeah, chalk, yeah. So you've got powdered chalk, liquid chalk, again, all designed to help improve your grip strength. But... 
like with any of this stuff, the only way to really get better at anything is just by doing the thing itself. And so like fat grips are good. The the bands are good, but they're all good when you get to a certain point. Like I wouldn't advise someone who's just joined the gym to go, right, okay, bring some bands with you. Bring some get, fat get, grips. Get some, yeah, get you know that little tool you works. use on your wiener? <laughs> bring that along. <laughs> yeah, uh, like foam rollers, they're always good because like, even if you're not training, like if you've been in the office all day, sat down, they can be good just to roll out your back because it feels nice as well. Like you can click out certain sections of your spine. You know, just like hanging from a bar is nice. It decompresses the spine. And there's the airplane going overhead again. I mean, that's like the eighth airplane. Yeah. People have got places to be. Jet setters. Jet setters. But yeah, like so. So just to summarise, I guess the episode. The there's a, a time and a place for all of these pieces of equipment. There's no right or wrong tool. And they're all going to aid you in one way or another. But like Lorcan said, it's better to get advice on what it is and how it works and just do something and end up just giving up on it. Because yes. otherwise you spend a lot of money on equipment. That will just end up under your bed. All the gear, no idea. Oh, they, I like that reference. <laughs> yes, so don't give in to the plethora of equipment out there. <laughs> That's another word. It's a smorgasbord just of pulled, equipment. I've just pulled it out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, All right. That, that's it, really. That's Thanks for listening, three. guys. Yeah. Our next podcast, we are going dis- to discuss um, drugs. Oh, really? Yes. Drugs is a good one. Yeah. Drugs, human performance. Um, we may need uh, protein Tim Hart for this one. Yeah, definitely need protein. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Tim Hart. Yeah. <laughs> protein boy. <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll 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 discuss um, protein powders, creatine um, supplements, any. Uh, the drugs that happened in the Olympics and other areas like this for human performance. Okay. I personally think they should do what they do in bodybuilding for the Olympics. I yeah. think that they should have a, a drug drug Olympics yep. and a, 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 a non-drug Olympics. Because yeah. I can imagine the yeah, 100 meter... People would overdo it, though. Yeah, like two seconds for 100 meters and then have a <laughs> fucking cardiac arrest. People would just like juice up to the point where they would die before the actual event. That's why they don't do it. It has to be regulated. Yeah, so then you know someone would just be there on the start line and win. Yeah, just by process of elimination, you'd have a winner. <laughs> yeah, then to the one person that survived the, the starting point. He's got gold. Yeah. No, but uh, we sh- and then, well, also, just as a fun game, if, if we should be able to get Tim Hart as a listener, uh, let's count how many times he says essentially in his descriptions. Oh, really? Yeah, that can be a drinking game too. But only protein powder. All right, guys. Okay. We're going to wrap it up. Okay. Bye, everyone. Later. <laughs>